the fourth time today fifth fifth time today yes i'm over this <clears throat> i'm having fun so we tried three different attempts to make a reaction video <clears throat> first time it wasn't right second time wasn't right i didn't hit record third time i didn't have the audio plugged into my roadcaster so we made an entire 50 minute video that only had our content and not the audio from the other video so uh, i uploaded all that to the google drive so that aj can hopefully square it away and if not then that's content that will never be seen because i am not doing it a fourth time right and then we just started to record this one again and i was not happy with the way it started so we are on number five and this isn't even a podcast day today it's just a normal record day because we have nothing going on until you pick the kids up later mm-hmm. <coughs> uh, i am still going through it you guys are still going to hear me coughing and clearing my throat and probably snot bubbles and i apologize for that but it'd be like that sometimes um Quick disclaimer, we're not licensed professionals. We are just people who like to talk shit on the internet. Hopefully you enjoy it. If you do or you don't, let us know why in the comments. Uh, if the things that we say trigger you, awesome. You can let us know why in the comments. If they don't trigger you, that's awesome too. If they trigger you and then you like why it triggered you and you're able to self-reflect and become a better person, definitely tell us why. Or better yet, send us an email at 2BeBetterCo, the number 2, BeBetterCo at gmail.com so that we can um, utilize it in a recording. That covers all that. Yes, it does. Cool. <clears throat> I'm really over here thinking like I could get licensed, <laughs> like go to school for this or something and I, get a degree. I would I would pay whatever it costs for you to do Laura, Laura Doyle's intimacy coaching course. I would love that. Let me look that up right now. <clears throat> that would be fantastic. You want to keep them entertained while I do some Googling? Uh, I can't <laughs> just do that. You could. I mean, you're, you're pretty good at, at keeping people entertained. When I have a thing going. A thing? Yeah. I have nothing going right now. That's funny. Uh, I have my emotional support rocks over here. This is a citrine. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my favorite to rub because it has like edges, but it's smooth. That's nice. And then I have my desert rose. This one's nice because it's textured. I like, I like rubbing my finger on it. I feel like we're doing some show and tell right now. <laughs> All right, I'll save that so that I can look it up later, but I did it while I was thinking about it instead of doing it later. Perfect. Um, so I have lots of things that I wanted to talk about besides just that reaction video, but because I don't think that reaction video is going to ever be seen by anyone, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I want to get into this other stuff. Okay. Um, Whatever you think is best, babe. You know, somebody asked us for another origin story. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm Frank over here. My handy-dandy notebook is really doing his, his job. Yeah. Um, there's lots of numbers written down because I always have to go back and edit things out of the videos that we make um, or, you know, notations for things. Mm-hmm. And as I think of stuff, I'll write them down, especially if you're talking and I want to have a full discussion about it and not just a quick snippet. Yeah. So I got that on there. I have my smut books versus porn conversation on there. Do you want to do a quick conversation or do you want to just jump into emails? Yeah, let's have a quick conversation. Um. <sighs> Do you, did you write down your your um, 
your uh, metaphor or analogy or whatever it was this morning? No, because I remembered it. Let's hit, hit, hit us with that first because this is how this played out. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I, was, I was in the bathroom mm-hmm. and she's talking to me through the door and hits me with this analogy. And I'm like, it's so funny that you were just thinking about that because I was just thinking about this. And we're both like, that's a good point and we should talk about it. So <laughs> the things that happen when we're vacating our, our stomachs. Yeah, so... I walked in and I was like, this is probably stupid because I thought about it at like 3.30 in the morning after our daughter woke us up. It is when people say they are checked out of a relationship, they're done. They moved on emotionally. They're just there for whatever reason. The only time you should check out in a relationship is when you're checking out your partner. (laughs) The cheese. (laughs) It's so stupid. (laughs) But in those times where you want to check out, that's when you really should be checking in. Right. And going to your partner and having those conversations and saying, I'm feeling X, Y, and Z and I miss you. When you feel you need to run, that should that's when you should fight that feeling and go in. Right. And try to resolve what you have because you're with your person for a reason. If it's been 10 years, 20 years, you got with them at the beginning because they were a good person. Right. They're still a good person. Just a lot of bad shit has happened. Yeah. Or you've grown apart. Yeah. You know, that and uh, actually <clears throat> as much as that is a very cheesy thing. It, it it works. Yeah. And it, it makes a lot of sense, <clears throat> especially because we have the check-ins mm-hmm. and that's kind of our gimmick. So like if you are feeling like you're checking out of your mar- your marriage, maybe you should implement the check-ins and, and really sit down and have those discussions. So when you said that to me, I was like, oh shit, that's good. It's cheesy <laughs> as shit, but it's good. Yeah. Um, I don't like that you called the check-ins a gimmick. It is a gimmick. It, it's our shtick. It's our thing. It's our go-to referral I, whatever you want to call it, it to me, it's it's just a way of saying that it's our it's our gimmick, it's our when thing. You, when you say gimmick, I think of like a 1930s. <clears throat> if you put this hair oil on, you'll be smarter than Einstein. No, that's a scam. There's a difference. I don't this know. This is that, not a scam. The check-ins work. <laughs> I feel like gimmick is sleazy and okay. sticky. And well, then come up with a better term so that I don't have to try to explain that it's our 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 thing okay. because that doesn't work for me either. Okay. So you come up with a name because that's your 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 thing is coming yeah. up with names and it can't actually be a name. It has to be a phrase. Right. And we'll go with that. I got you. I'll think about it. <clears throat> so thank you. You're welcome. So while you had that conversation and we had that conversation, I was like, you know, it dawned on me that women read I, I guess I can't say women, some women mm-hmm. read <clears throat> smut books. And those women have men who watch porn and they want to say that porn is cheating. And they have a problem with the men watching the porn, and yet they're reading these smut books, and they're getting the same experience. They're mm-hmm. getting a, an unrealistic expectation expectation of their partner, or they're getting the sexual arousal from reading the books. And what they're doing, whether it's in a, a romantic novel, a smut book, or porn, it's doing the exact same thing. It's taking your attention. Yeah. And I wanted to have a whole conversation about that, but the more I think about it, there's not really a whole lot to say there because it's it, that's, it, that's it. Like yeah. I've said it. So for those of you who read those romance mm-hmm. novels and you're into that smutty shit and you're mad that your man's watching porn, just know that you're just as guilty. Yeah. Yeah. I really wish that pearly thing video wouldn't have messed up because there was so much accountability talking. Oh, that. yeah, there really was. <clears throat> and it's going to trigger a lot of people. I cannot wait. I hope he can get it figured out. It's going to be fun. He said that he thinks he can do it. He said that he's got some things going on right now, but he'll get to it. And, mm-hmm. and he's got more free time than I do. So. Right. <clears throat> The um the video that we made that we were talking about, the chick from TikTok making the accountability discussion that got really mad at me that we talked about on the video that we recorded yesterday, 
24 hours later responded to that that comment and she said that she would actually like to have us post it on a podcast and that she was just triggered because she wasn't expecting me to call her on her shit i love that i do too i do too it completely changes the entire narrative of the original conversation because when we recorded yesterday she was pissed at me yeah so she really came back and said i wasn't expecting you to call me on my shit 24 hours later but she did it yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes it takes 24 hours to sort and regulate and figure out why, why shit bothers you. Yeah. Good for her. You know, we got a, another message because I made a TikTok. Uh, I, I posted the, um, <laughs> I know it's not the uh, video of you, but that's the first <laughs> thing I hear. <clears throat> but yeah. it, it's the one where we were talking mm-hmm. about um, our food's going to get here at some point. I'm going to jump up and get it. We were talking about um, the appreciation and the way that I see your efforts and things like that. And somebody left a comment and was like, um, I'm giving a hundred percent. My man's not giving me anything. And I, I made a video off the comment and I was like, I, I guarantee you, you're not giving a hundred mm-hmm. because if you were giving a hundred, your man would be doing better. You guys feed off each other. The golden rule is treat others how you want to be treated. I guarantee you that you're not giving your man the hundred percent that you think he is. You need to take accountability, realize that you have flaws and that there's things that you can work on to be better for you because there's nothing that you can do to make your man better. Mm -hmm. You have to be the best version of you and hope that he's going to do the same thing. And if he's not, and you are now the best version of you, you're going to get a better man. So I made a a video that was paraphrasing of of all of that. Mm -hmm. And I had somebody comment and go, this was 100%. This was you speaking to me 100%. And it wasn't. It wasn't anybody that had commented. She was like, and, I, and I'm and i triggered. She's like, but I needed to hear this shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I love that. You guys are making me want to come back to TikTok. Like, <laughs> so. I don't think I can ever get back on the TikTok train. I don't think I can either. I, I'm, yeah. I'm literally using the clips from our content to post and then shitting on people who are making stupid statements. Yeah. And I'm enjoying that because I'm, I'm getting to the point where I, I genuinely don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't. They could ban my account tomorrow. I don't give a shit. Right. The only thing that that would hurt is that I would have to go to my backup account, which has only got like a thousand followers on it. I'd have to start doing live streams and shit again to build my my followers back up. Mm-hmm. But it would hurt the podcast. It would. And that's the only reason that I even remotely give a shit about TikTok. Yeah. Because the content on there is just toxic. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of hate. It's a lot of division. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have um we have a very good follower base. But I also know that if I got my account blocked, all it would take was be us making a video together, me going, hey, I have a new account on your page, and I'd hit 100,000 subscribers in like two days. That's true. So I'm going to be a dick. People are assholes to me. I'm going to be an asshole back until they put me in, until they give me that, like, this is your warning. You're about to get your account deleted, and then I'll stop for a little while. I have that warning on my account right now. Right now? Yeah. That's funny. That little red warning. Yeah. Huh. I've had that for about a month now. The food is approaching. Okay. I will be right back. So I'm going to continue with my rocks. <laughs> uh, this is rose quartz. Very nice. Very pretty. I like how it's a soft pink. You guys can't really see it because I'm holding it in front of a green hoodie. It's there. I promise. And then I have my amethyst. This one's nice. I think it's nice. You don't have to think it's nice. You can think rocks are stupid. That's cool. <laughs> Let me know what you think is cool and I might find it stupid, but I'd still be happy for you. And I actually, I, I actually have a whole box sitting over here of things that I like to keep. And inside of my box, I have like dried rose petals from the flowers that Chris gave me for the first time. Then I got this neat looking thing that has like powder on it. That's cool to touch. My autism enjoys the texture. I'm not really good with knowing all of their names, but they make me happy. 
This one reminds me of the water in the keys. That was the only cool thing in the keys. Yeah. That, oh, I got this big guy. He's long, lanky. Chris is taking too long and I'm starting to get uncomfortable. <laughs> you ready? I actually have a question for everyone first. Oh. How many of you have a vision board? And that's a genuine question. Like, you don't actually necessarily have to have a cork board that you can hang shit on, but I, I have a vision board. We have a cork board that's out there that's been sitting there since before Christmas that I haven't hung yet because I just haven't gotten around to it. I bought a printer so that we could print out all, all of our shit and do our thing. Mm -hmm. um, we have a whiteboard that we put important stuff on and we use the whiteboard to plan and do things like that, but we actually have not implemented our vision board together. And I, I've always had a vision board. I've had folders saved on my phone as like favorites. Mm -hmm. And it's all the things that I want, whether it's like a new Audi or if I want a new electric bike or I want to buy a house or whatever it is that I want, I put it on that vision board. And vision boards are supposed to be something that you see every day. Right. So sometimes it's my desktop wallpaper. I'll put three or four things on there that I want to look at. So every day I know what I'm working for. Mm -hmm. And it dawned on me when I went and grabbed the food just now that that cork board is sitting there. And there are a lot of people who want to regain romance in their marriage. And putting that on a vision board that you get to see every day to remind you visually that you need to regain intimacy in your marriage might not be a bad thing. And That's to a good idea. And to create a vision board based off of your relationship yeah. could be a mm. new version of a report card. Because when you sit down and you do your, your, your report card, you can go, how much closer or further away are we from the first goal on our vision board? I like that. Yeah. All that came just from walking to the, the front door to grab our food. <clears throat> <laughs> so since you had that thought while going to get the food, when we were driving to the Keys, I saw a street sign that said, lane ends, merge right. <laughs> and from that, I took, wow, life really just doesn't give us an option sometimes. Whether you're <laughs> ready or not, you're going to have to merge. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what your reasoning is for waiting until the last minute. You might not want to be have to, might not want to be behind somebody that's slower than you're going. You're just going to have to suck it up and get over. <laughs> I was like, wow, that was <laughs> profound. <laughs> So Chris smokes a lot of weed. <laughs> did it make sense though? It did. <laughs> At least I'm smart when I smoke. That's funny. <clears throat> it's medical guys. It's medicine. I can't believe I just did that laugh on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You want to see something really in entertaining? What? I could make you wicked witch laugh. laugh. Don't. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't. When Chris gets tickled, she becomes the wicked witch. Please. Please. Right. Don't ask to see that. <laughs> I don't want to see that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I feel like I go straight like bullfrog and I'm like, <laughs> I can't. I don't want to see that. What did I just do? Oh, it's funny. So first email says, hey guys, I hope you both are well. This email is going to be two parts, question, and then a thank you. First, the context before the question. My fiance and I are both 27 and we've been together since 2019. Like what four years? Roughly. Hmm. We have both seen, we have both been divorced, and she has a son that is now eight. We have a son together that will be three this March. We have been friends for a while before we started dating, and things were fantastic in the beginning. We have both changed because we wanted to, and have done a lot of shit wrong. My question is in regards to sex. She has depression, DID, dissociative identity disorder, bipolar, anxiety, and ADHD. PCOS, all of which have been clinically diagnosed. She's in therapy and I regularly go with her. In the beginning, we, as Chris, meaning you, would say, 
they did it like rabbits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's not what they said. He used the F word. I'm trying not to yeah. say that. And then a year into our relationship, it was maybe <clears throat> once or twice a week. After several conversations, and, and then after a year into our relationship, it was once, maybe twice a week. After several conversations, we came to the conclusion that it was due to her trying to keep me around. Fast forward now. Wait, nine, wait, wait. So she was weaponizing sex. I don't know. I, I don't understand. A year into the relationship and it was once or twice a week. Right. I think that's a healthy amount. Right. But what he said was that she was using, she was doing it to keep me around. So. So she was just having sex with them to keep him not because so she wanted they were, to have sex. They were either doing it like rabbits because she was weaponizing sex to land him or she was only doing it once or twice a week, not wanting to do it to keep him, which is also weaponizing sex. <clears throat> there's not a scenario where that sentence doesn't play out where that is a uh, scenario. Right. When you say it that way, I agree. That's kind of what it sounds like. Okay. Okay. Ooh, almost dropped my soup. Don't spill your clear soup. That's not clear. It's so good. <laughs> Fast forward to now, 99% of the time when, and if we have sex, it's almost always the same thing with basically no physical intimacy beforehand or foreplay beforehand. So when they have sex, there's no physical intimacy before, and then there's no foreplay. That sucks. That's also a you problem. That is true. That is a him problem as well. Mm -hmm. Especially if he's the one initiating and she's doing it just to keep you around. If you're not putting in the effort to warm that engine up, bro, that's that's a you thing. Mm -hmm. Foreplay is the best part of sex. Yeah. That buildup and the anticipation and the dirty text messages and then you getting home and knowing that you got to cook and do kids stuff and they're in their room playing TV and I come up and kiss you behind your neck or, you know, grab your throat and bite your ear and do all the little things that we do until I know that we're going to get some playtime at the end of the night. That, right. that buildup is it. Mm-hmm. You're ready all night long. Like why would you not want to, um, follow through. I was going to say improve that because he said he doesn't have it, but improve is oh. not really the word. Like you should be wanting to build that. That should right. be something that you actively strive to obtain. Yeah. There we go. That is a good way to put that. I said follow through because I'm over here thinking like that is super dope. I love it when we build shit up like that. And then there's some women out there who do that and be like, I have a headache. No, 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 no. Oh, no, thank you. God, I wish that pearly thing video didn't crash on us this morning. Yeah. I really hope that he can get that because that would be a a good reference point right now to be like, Mm -hmm. go watch the pearly things thing that we did. Yeah. She is on medications for everything, but she still has no drive. It could be the medicine. It could be the medication. She also smokes to help with a lot of her mental stuff. I know I have gotten complacent at times with trying to continue the courting. I have stepped that up. None of it really matters. Ultimately, I want her happy and satisfied in the bedroom. She told me that I do satisfy her more than she's ever been satisfied with previous partners and that they didn't care about her sexual needs. I have gotten her to do things she never thought she could do. That's dope. That's a positive affirmation. There's a, there's a whole lot in what you just read. Right. Sorry, I am still very mucusy. Um, there was something that he said in there that I just want to make her happy. Mm-hmm. I've been saying over and over and over again for the last week that that's what men want. We want to, to do the things that make you happy when we know that they make you happy and continue to do those things because our goal is to make sure that you're happy. Mm-hmm. In order for that to be a thing for most men, the intimacy has to be there. 
if the intimacy is lacking and you're, you're feeling like you don't matter, you're not respected, you're not trusted or desired, that's going to decrease. And I lost my train of thought because my damn phone went off. I know that because she gained some weight after birthing her son. She has some self-confidence issues, but I do my best with compliments and trying to get her to work out. I know that physical health and mental health are directly related. Correct. She just doesn't want to work out. I'm trying to implement some goal setting and more self-discipline in our home so that we can be better for each other. She hates talking about sex and is very uncomfortable with it from the get-go, even with me using I statements. How do I approach this topic and have a conversation that she is comfortable with? Okay. One, why doesn't she want to work out? Is it laziness? Mm -hmm. Is it the meds? Is it a, a desire to not look like a man? Because a lot of women believe that if they pick up a weight, all of a sudden they're going to look like an Arnold, which I promise you is not the case. It, it <laughs> I would, don't. And we work out five days a week. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way. You have one tenth of a testosterone a man does. And most of the big dudes that you see in the gym are roided out. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of diet and exercise and drugs and eating and lifting to get to the point of looking like that. And for a woman, it's 100 times harder to get to that point. Right. So the best that's going to happen is you're going to tone your body up. You're going to lose some body fat. You're going to get endorphins released, dopamine responses. You're going to feel better about yourself because you're actually doing something to better your life. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, why doesn't she want to work out? That needs to be a conversation. It could be a motivation <clears throat> thing. It could be. It could be a lack. It could be laziness. Yeah. It just could be that I don't want to do it. And if that's the case, then maybe lifting weights isn't the option. Maybe you need to buy bicycles and go ride bikes. Maybe you need to walk. Yeah, start with evening walks. Yeah, if you live in the mountains, go for hikes. Right. You guys have an eight and a three-year-old. Take on, take them on a walk with you. Mm -hmm. Make it a family thing. Yep. When the kids get excited about it, she'll be more inclined to be excited about it. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yep. I wonder why she gets so uncomfortable when sex gets brought up. They've been together for like four years, almost four years. Mm -hmm. I'm not uncomfortable talking to you about anything. Right. I will say the stupidest shit to you and you'll, you don't judge me on it. I don't understand why people are, are weird about talking about sex, period. It's something that nobody should be ashamed of. It's not something you should be embarrassed to talk about. Um, I don't even think that if I had like some weird kink that I'd be ashamed to talk about it. I, I just don't, I don't see why that would be a thing for some people. Like, what are you embarrassed by? If it makes you happy, it's like men who are into <clears throat> big women, like little skinny right. guys who, who like obese women mm -hmm. and then want to hide it. Bro, if you're a fat chaser, own that shit. Yeah. Like, if it makes you happy to, to like, nuzzle up underneath the, some some body rolls to keep warm like own that shit yeah. i don't understand what the problem is you're the the happiness that you get from your life as long as it's not harming anybody who gives a who gives a damn what anybody thinks that was a hard one to that catch. was a good catch though who gives a damn what anybody thinks do you be happy it's, it's going to be hard for her. If it makes her uncomfortable, she's going to be less inclined to want to talk about it. I would find out why it makes her uncomfortable. Right. Find out why it makes you uncomfortable. If it's a thing where like she can't look at you and say it, sit back to back. Text each other. Right. She's going to have to talk about it to get it resolved. Shutting down and not wanting to have a discussion is just going to make your guys' issue worse. You You're going to grow apart more. Right. Avoiding discussion is what leads to divorce. Yeah. Communication is everything. Mm -hmm. There's also a lot of meds involved right now. Right. And that's something that you can't neglect because if she's on a lot of meds and she's having issues and side effects from those meds, that could be part of the problem. Mm -hmm. If she told you that she was as sexually active as she was in the beginning to land you and to keep you, and now she's not following through with that, that alone is a problem because she basically lied about who she was to get you to commit and be there. And now, now, now you're stuck. That's a red flag to me. That's manipulation. It's manipulation. 100% manipulation. That's yeah. a problem. That is a big problem. 
Uh, I, I know that the communication thing is never fun. No, it's not. Especially when it's something that you know is going to upset your partner or make them uncomfortable. But these conversations have to happen in order for things to be resolved. When a man becomes passive and just lets things go, he becomes a shell of the person he was. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. And that's why women say, when I got with this man, he was the most amazing thing ever. And now he's XYZ. Well, he's XYZ because he's become a shell of who he was because of the things that you're doing in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Whether he's afraid to talk to you, whether you're mothering him, you're controlling, whatever the case may be, something's happened to make that man passive and not want to engage. Right. Find out what the problem is. (coughs) That would be my suggestion. To approach it and have a conversation with her where she feels comfortable. Say we don't have to look at each other. We can sit back to back. We can do this over text messages. We can sit in different rooms. It has to happen, though. It can't keep being danced around. And then part two of this is, this is a part that I want to thank you guys you are absolutely awesome, and it's so cool to see the real, to see real, genuine people having genuine conversations. I have implemented a lot of the things y- you guys and from you guys, and they have helped. Also, Chris, meaning you, I have seen the episode that was hard for you, and I gotta say, man, you are a great guy—not a good guy, a great one. The fact that you are worried about it means that you are. Thank you for everything y'all do. I hope you guys continue this content, and I hope things continue to get better. That video that, that he's referring to has helped a lot of people. Yeah. It blows my mind because I was having a, a very bad episode that day. I know. Yeah. I'm glad you posted it. I, I didn't want to. I know. Um, <clears throat> for those of you who like to see me cry, join our Patreon. <laughs> because it seems like at least once a week, a video goes up where I'm over here starting to fall apart because of the conversations that we're having. I think you're also having realizations that now like, you are in a safe space. Um, and you're not going to be judged for feeling emotion. I, that's part of it. I think that part of it too is that I'm I'm processing a lot of past trauma still, mm-hmm. and um, there are things that I used to be able to talk about like it was no big deal. But now that I'm a little bit older and reflect on like how bad it's messed me up, or you know, uh, sometimes it's an emotional gratitude. Like when I talked about uh, Danielle and JJ in the uh, re- religion one, mm-hmm. that was a gratitude cry. I wasn't upset because of how bad my life was. I was I, those were happy tears. I just couldn't keep it together. Right. Um, yeah, it's wild. I'm glad that those videos are helping people. It, it's hard to be vulnerable like that. It really is. This is set up different than it is on my phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this person has sent a couple of emails. Um, as somebody who's been given meds like they were Tic Tacs from doctors, um, they can really mess with your libido. Something as simple as... Um, Oh, man, what was that drug that everybody used to take? Everybody was on it. It was for depression. It, I can't remember what it was, but one of the big side effects was that it would destroy your sex drive. Was it Zoloft? Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. It was, <clears throat> it was, it was a super... Uh, Paxil? Is that, is that a drug? I think so. That I, think, I think it was Paxil. I, I, in like the early 2000s, almost everyone I knew was on that shit. Mm-hmm. And um, most of the dudes that I knew that were taking it as a mood stabilizer had libido issues. It made it so their willy didn't want to stand at attention. Um, so there's, there's a lot of things that, that can go into that. And when you're on medicines like that and you're taking multiple medicines, you don't know how they're going to react in each uh, individual person's body. That's why some people have side effects to a drug and others don't. Right. And then you start stacking drugs. You start having chemical reactions in the body. You don't know how that's going to affect people. Mm -mm. So in the event that this chick is on six different medications because of all the diagnosis she's gotten, that could be a problem. Like, 
You know what doesn't do that? Hmm. Plant medicine. Crazy. Right. So you're telling me that the things that we create in a lab can have a negative effect on our bodies because yeah. we don't know what it's doing. Right. And to keep us on it so they can keep, keep making money on selling it to us. Something that we can't grow ourselves. And you're also saying that they'll prescribe me a medication that can cause nausea and they'll have to prescribe me something else to correct that nausea, but yeah. that could cause depression and fix the depression. They're pres- <laughs> prescribe me something that can give me anxiety. It's crazy how that works, isn't it? <sighs> it's almost like you're a libertarian over there. <laughs> it's almost like I fixed a lot of my oh. problems with accountability and plant medicine, marijuana. <laughs> you ready for the next one? Yeah. Yeah. I hate everything. (laughs) (laughs) How do I get to a common ground between my SO and my kids? Rock, paper, scissors. They do enjoy rock, (laughs) paper, scissors. Yeah. She doesn't have kids, so she isn't used to having to have patience. I just need some advice on how to get their relationship better because they fight all the time and I can't handle it. It also puts me in the middle when they fight because I understand both sides. And then you asked for more information. She sent us another email. She actually sent us a couple more emails. She said, we've been together for two years. And the cause of the fights is her son, who is seven. Okay. He has ADHD and doesn't know how to control his anger. So at seven years old, they've done nothing to actually work on this kid's behavioral problems. Right. Okay. So ADHD is not an excuse for not being able to control anger. Right. Our son is on the spectrum and he has a hard time regulating his emotions. So when he gets angry, he gets mad fast Mm -hmm. and I have to be able to diffuse that real quick. And the way that we've gotten to diffusing a very intense emotion like anger is deep breaths. So once I see him flying off the handle, I tell him deep breath and he'll take one and it'll be like a half fast. (sighs) I'm like, okay, take another one. And that one's a deeper breath. I'm like, okay, one more three in total. Last deep breath is a really good one. And then I ask him, what are you feeling? And that's when he tells me, I'm angry. I'm upset. My feelings are hurt. I'm frustrated. And then I'll ask you, why are you feeling that? And he'll tell me why he's feeling that. And then whatever the resolution is, you dropped it. You just got to pick it up. See how easy that was. That's it. He's four and he's learning how to regulate his emotions. That comes, and no offense to this person, but this is is something that needs to be addressed to everyone who has children. Mm -hmm. You are your children's protector, provider, and leader. Right. They are going to follow in your footsteps. If they see anger issues, they Mm -hmm. are going to have anger issues. Generational trauma comes from things being repeated in your life from your parents to to you and now to your kids. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for kids to lash out and it be acceptable it's just not behavioral modifications need to happen while children are still developing. So they learn what is and is not acceptable. And as somebody who has borderline, I had to learn that shit the hard way. You're autistic. Our mm-hmm. son is autistic. We are working on those things mm-hmm. super hard. It's yeah. not easy, but it's necessary. <clears throat> and he's getting better. It's getting easier. His tantrums would last minutes before. Now it's like maybe 15 seconds until he takes a deep breath. Right. So... He screams and he yells and then her SO screams and yells back to the seven-year-old. I try to intervene and calm the situation down, but I don't know if I can handle it the way my SO wants me to because it causes fights between us. How long have they been together? Two years. Okay. I'm curious if there was a discussion had at any point who's what is acceptable in terms of those children. 
Your kids are yours. Mm-hmm. I call them our kids. I say my kids because I am in a step-parent role and I am helping raise them. Mm-hmm. But we had very clear conversation about what is and what is not acceptable. Right. And like, I don't discipline mm-hmm. unless you ask me, hey, I need you to step in right now and, and enforce this. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't do that. The only time I get up is if I can dad voice because they're not listening. My presence, me being there is enough for them to and do, right. do the shit. Or I can dad voice from the other half of the house. Mm-hmm. I, I made it <laughs> every time I think about this, all I can think about is dealing with a horse because when when young man runs through the house, I go, whoa. Yeah. And he, oh shit. And, and he, he stops. stops. <laughs> so it's like being on a farm. Right. You get you got a, a horse starting to run, you whoa or hoe him. Mm-hmm. And it jolts them and they're <laughs> like, oh, okay. They stop. Yeah. <laughs> First time I did that to him, he cried. Yeah, because he was not prepared. I dad voiced hard, but it was enough to stop him dead near his tracks. And he was, and he started crying. You were like, "Why are you crying?" Yeah, and he, he's, I scared the shit out of him. Yeah, but now when I I woe him, he knows he stops immediately because he knows that what he's doing is unacceptable. Yeah, and he apologizes. <laughs> I, I made this joke before too, but every time I, I I have this conversation, I think of the horse thing, and then I think of Jeff Jeff Foxworthy, yeah. where he's talking about. Eh. He's like, I don't know what that means, but it's the most powerful word in the southern language because we do that <laughs> shit, and everyone stops what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid i think the so is in the wrong i don't think that i okay there's a time and a place to dad voice a child but screaming at them is not the same thing she's having a full-blown screaming match with a seven-year-old she or he says she no so yeah she's in the wrong you're the adult in this situation when a seven-year-old is screaming at you you do not scream back to that seven-year-old yeah no well choke slam him through a coffee table oh no, i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm gonna teach you you're gonna learn today um it sounds like she's trying to control the whole situation because she's trying to deal with the seven-year-old mm-hmm. and then when real mom steps in biological mom steps in oh god so many people can get pissed off what do you mean real mom yeah the one who gave birth to the child how how pathetic is it that as I a species we have to have these conversations the way that we have to have them so that people don't get butt hurt? I hate it. When I, biologi- I think we should just go ahead and let people get butt hurt. Yeah. And then we can rip them apart in the comments. Okay. So when biological mom steps in and tries to handle things and intervene and bring peace, SL gets upset at how she handled the situation. So it sounds like she's trying to control everything in this. The SO is. Right. <clears throat> so First and foremost, there needs to be conversation of what is and what is not acceptable when it comes to the child because the SO is not the mother. Mm-hmm. Even if they're married right. and she's a bonus mom now, she's not the mother. Right. You don't get final say. Right. There needs to be a clear understanding of what is and what is not acceptable. And then the two of them need to have a conversation as well mm-hmm. about when it's appropriate for the SO to step in because she's not able to handle the scenario. I agree. We know that. Mm-hmm. I, 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 so like, um, perfect example is I never counted with my kids. Never did mm-hmm. I one, two, three them or three, two, one them. And you do that. Mm-hmm. And the first well, time I did do that, right. The first time you did it, I just let it ride. Second time I, I noticed it was starting to become a thing because they would listen at one and you realize they would listen at one. So they were starting to do the thing. And, and one day <clears throat> while they were at daycare or school or wherever they were, I was like, Hey, when you do that three, two, one, you're giving them three opportunities to not listen to you before they have to step up and listen I was like, so what next happened next time you give them um, a command or you tell them they need to clean their room and they don't, don't three, two, one them. You need to implement uh, uh, consequences for their actions immediately. Mm-hmm. And now they don't do that. Now when you tell them something, they listen because they know that mom means business. 
if I hear you repeat yourself two times, I'm already annoyed. Third time, I'm like, all right, dad voice, let's go. I'm tired of this already. Yeah. And I, I get to that point and it doesn't take much because mm-hmm. I personally hate repeating myself. So when I have to hear someone else repeating themselves, it frustrates me. Right. Because I have to hear it over and over and over again. And, and, and like I said, I don't have to say shit. Most of the time, I can literally walk into the room where you're at and they stop what they're doing and they listen. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do anything. It, it's literally just my presence being there because they know that they, they're about to incur the dad voice. Right. There's no reason that the SO should have to step in unless there is a, this is an acceptable time to step in conversation that happens ahead of time. Because had the first time I ever did that it been not something that we discussed and I yelled at the kids, mm-hmm. we could have had a huge problem over that. <clears throat> you could have been somebody that gentle parents. You could have been somebody that doesn't believe in raising your voice. You could be somebody that doesn't believe in standing your kid in the corner or doesn't believe in spanking them or whatever it is that you don't agree with. And I happen to do that. You and I are going to be at odds mm-hmm. because we failed to have a conversation about what is and what is not acceptable with the kids and when I need your backup and when I don't. Right. This, this entire scenario comes down to being able to articulate what is acceptable to you and what isn't. Mm-hmm. And we are huge advocates for putting your partner first right? when your partner and your relationship is healthy mm-hmm. because you want to continue that relationship after the kids move out. And if you don't give the work necessary to maintain that relationship, they're going to move out, you're going to divorce, whatever. Right. This is a significant other that was not part of the kid's life, so it's not their biological. <clears throat> so in this scenario... I don't, I don't, I don't think that the kids should be put last Mm -hmm. because those kids were there before this person was. Right. So this person either needs to get in line Mm -hmm. and follow what is acceptable to the mother or they need to be removed. Right. It's as simple as that. And I feel the same way, whether it's a grandparent, a significant other, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, Mm -hmm. when you set down ground, ground rules for your children, man or woman, you set those rules and somebody comes in and oversteps those rules, they are negating every power structure, power dynamic in the relationship that you have with those kids and lets them know that they can disrespect you and do whatever the fuck they want. Um, Oh, you said it, yeah. I'm really hung up on the fact that she said he doesn't know how to control his anger. Yeah. You're supposed to teach him. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like really the root of the the, all of this. She's getting the argument, screaming matches with the seven-year-old because he doesn't know how to control his anger. Right. She could also see that as a disrespect thing. Right. And it could be a problem for her. Yeah. I'm wondering how she would respond to somebody else yelling at her or raising their voice if mm-hmm. she would be that person to them. Because if that's the case, she's feeling she's disrespected and she's not knowing how to, to process that. Mm-hmm. And she might just be one of those people that feel like it's time to elevate things because somebody just elevated it. Let's take it a, a notch further to be the bigger person or the uh, aggressor, I guess, probably the, the right term there. <clears throat> I would lose my damn mind if I heard you and one of the kids screaming at each other. On both of you, I'd lose my mind. Have you actually ever heard me scream? No. I uh, No. I've heard you raise your voice. I don't even think I've heard you yell. Yeah. I've heard you raise your voice, but that's about it. I, I, I will, um, I'll drill sergeant someone, mm-hmm. but that's not screaming. It's right. just a different, a different depth of my voice and a little higher of a octave or whatever, a higher sound, but it's not screaming. I don't have it in me for that. And I'm not going to let the kids do it either. And the kids start screaming and I stop them in their tracks. We're not, we're not doing this. I, I don't. Feel, I don't care how mad you get. Right. You're not screaming. We're, we're mm-hmm. all in the house. I don't let the kids run through here and scream and holler and hoot and playing. No. We 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 inside voice. If mm-hmm. you want to hoot and holler, you go outside and do that shit. Right. And they've learned that. So and and they are, uh, dude, your kids are soft spoken as shit. They are. So like when they think that they're in trouble or they think they've done something wrong, they mumble. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've never seen that. Uh, you you know the um. The, the scene in the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where he's like, why don't you open your mouth a little wider when you talk? 
That was my kids. Mm-hmm. My kids were obnoxious as hell, loud, like everything the exact opposite of yours. And because I raised my kids to adulthood, hearing your kids mumble, it's frustrating because I'm not used to it. Yeah. So I'm like, what? I can't hear you. Like, come stand next to me and mumble. <laughs> I feel like you'd prefer the mumbling over them constantly yelling in the house. Um. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I would. I, I would. I would be okay with them being loud. Um, at times, if if they were able to articulate themselves better, mm-hmm. because of the mumbling and like you know, our son has a speech issue when they get going, it's just screeching and shit. I, that right. I can't do that. It's mm-hmm. too much. It's um overstimulating for me. I feel really bad for that seven year old. I do too. He's trying to figure out and regulate his emotions and explain how he's feeling. He's just having his grown mm-hmm. adult scream at him. Yep. Wait until he's a teenager and dealing with hormones. And this hasn't been resolved yet. I wonder how many times he's gone to bed crying. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. That went that went sad quick. That's that's a real possibility. Yeah. Like how many times has this seven-year-old laid in bed and cried because... He can't articulate he himself. He can't articulate himself. And then sense. my mommy's partner's yelling at me because I'm upset. But why am I being yelled at when I'm sad? Or I'm angry or whatever I'm feeling, but I can't say how I'm feeling because I don't know how to say how I'm feeling because no one taught me how to say how I'm feeling. That's a really good point. All of that was yeah. that was really good. It's almost like um, that video that we saw or that yeah, you actually sent me that today of the guy that was learning how to communicate things. Mm-hmm. So now he's not just angry. Maybe right. he's frustrated or maybe he misses you or whatever. That's the same line of thought. That was good. I wouldn't have went there with that. I was thinking more along the lines of the problems that this kid is going to have. Yeah, it's different how our brains work. That's why we're able to resolve shit the way that we resolve it, mm-hmm. and the way that we're able to do these emails because you'll go somewhere that my brain wasn't, yeah, or I will, and you're like, oh, vice versa, yeah. yeah. Fucking teamwork, f bomb. <laughs> you're funny. I hate that. You know how dumb I feel because I can't stop saying the f word. It's a habit. So this is the last one I have. Super short one. So she says, I'm 51 years old and I've been married and divorced three times. Never in my life did I believe that this would happen to me. With that being said, I'm a great woman, but I am not perfect. I'm a work in progress with God. I'm loyal, dependable, caring, compassionate. And for some reason, it's hard as hell for me to find people that I can just be friends with. Why is it so hard to be a good person and find other good people? It takes work to be a good person. Not a lot of people are willing to put that work in to be a good person. Right. We don't have a lot of friends. Mm-mm. We don't go out At every all. Friday or Saturday night. We go out maybe once a week, not together. once a week, once a month. Yeah, together. To go on like a dinner date with another couple. I mean that I mean it we haven't been we haven't been out on a dinner date since December. Yeah, so it's been over a month. Yep. And at one point we were going frequently mm-hmm. before the storm. Yeah. Um, the problem is there's, so there's a lot in that email. There's not a lot in that email. It's very short, but there mm-hmm. are things that stand out. Like she's working on herself and she's trying to be right with God and, and that, yeah. that could be a problem. So, you know, I, I, I realize when I have conversations where religion is brought into it, mm-hmm. people will shut down. People get more offended talking about religion than they do anything else. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter who they are. <clears throat> you could have people that are anti or pro-abortion and God gets mentioned, and both sides freak out. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand why we can have all these really horrific conversations about things, but the moment somebody's personal beliefs get brought into it or something that can make them a better person, it's a problem. 
So that that could be a thing. You yeah. you, you might need to be looking. You might be need to unite. You might need to be looking in a, in places you haven't looked before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't even say in that scenario to go look in church because we're both religious and won't go. I really I don't like organized religion. I know. I really don't. I feel the same way. The whole thing is just a mess. It's no longer about being a good person. It's about how can we benefit ourselves while preaching. Mm-hmm. There's Ugh. there's there's a big a big community of online people right now that are that are actively calling out religious personnel for their wrongdoings and, and the things that they're doing because people no longer need the church to spread the gospel. Mm-hmm. You can do it on YouTube. Yeah. You can do it on TikTok. That's where I get my word from. Yeah. When I. I blew it that way. I'm just going to blow it that way next time. <laughs> um, I, you know, I've talked in the past that I struggle to retain what I read. Mm-hmm. So I will I will read 15 to 20 minutes every morning in silence. Try to retain as much as I can. And when I can't do it, I'll go on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And there are a select few people that I enjoy listening to on YouTube. And I'll listen to them on YouTube. Um, sometimes I get it on TikTok. But I, I find different ways to get my word because I don't need to be... Um, there's just a whole lot that I disagree with with the church. So yeah. we, we both feel that way. Mm-hmm. So the church might not be the way to go for that. Even though you are a God-fearing woman, that might not be the thing. Um, you know, as for being divorced and having friends, those two things don't really correlate to me. Your personal relationships of a, with a man should not mm-hmm. correlate to your personal friendships later because it's not the same thing. Um, I will say that as you get older, it is much harder to find friends. It's much harder to do things with people. People, life happens. People become um, recluse. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go out and do things. Um, we we are very blessed in that all of our friends, like our actual friends, are busy as shit. Yeah. So we'll go two or three weeks before one of us will break radio silence and be like, "Hey, haven't heard from you in a while. Hope life is good." And yep, life is great. We'll see you in a week or two. Yeah. That's you know, it. and that that that's enough for us because we are busy like the way we are. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's not always acceptable for some people. Some people need that daily interaction. Some people are lonely and just want a best friend. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that it's important for that. I think that the bromance and, and like the girlfriend thing is super important for people. Mm-hmm. And for me, like uh, I've always had that one friend that I, I could text, go to the movies with, hang out with, whatever. But I've always been just that one person has always been my person for that thing. Um Mickey was one of them for a while and then Tim became it. And then, you know, Tim kind of moved on with his life and I don't currently have one of those. So like, I don't really have a whole lot of friends right now or people I can even talk to. Um, I have people that I'm close to, but I don't divulge my personal life to them anymore because we're not close like that. Mm -hmm. So it could be that she's missing that companionship that you get from a friend. You know, the reason that people who practice polygamy do what they do it's because they realize that you get different things from different different relationships. Right. So, uh, you know, the way that you are as my woman mm-hmm. is not going to be the, something that I get from another female friend or coworker or something like that. And those people realize that and they're able to detach from each other mentally and, and have those relationships and it'd be okay. For me, I would rather have everything that I can't get from you come from a dude so there's no weird interactions. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm going to be tempted at all. And that's not a, it's not a, <clears throat> a weakness in me thing, the best way to avoid danger is not put yourself in that situation. Right. So uh, it could be that, that she's just looking for companionship and having a hard time finding a, a person of quality because she's done all the work on herself and is realizing that people are shit. Yeah, people are shit. I do oh, not have man. a lot of people that I talk to. No, I know. It's your sister, Jackie, and at times, Caitlin, when I remind you. Yeah, Jasmine. 
my yeah, mom. Yeah, but that Jasmine is, is a by-proxy thing. Do you think that that would still be a, a friendship after if things fell apart over there? Probably. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, I genuinely enjoy I didn't see it either. <laughs> I really didn't. That surprises me. Yeah. Huh. We've been texting probably two to three times a week. That's funny. Yeah. Hmm. Crazy. Yep. But even then, I haven't talked to Jackie since we went to brunch like two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild the, the way that that plays out with people. It, yeah. it really is. Like, I, I've had people in my life that were like, I was inseparable. Mm-hmm. I've had the bromances that I would text somebody over and over and over again all day long and then go to the gym with them and then hang out. And you know what I mean? Like, and as you age and families start coming and people have kids and like life just kind of does that to you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's a lot easier when you have less responsibility to have those kind of relationships because there's not really a care in the world. Like you, you are free to do whatever you want to do when you're running businesses or having kids or this is why stay at home moms have such a hard time maintaining friendships outside of a house. When you really think about it, because they're taking care of the kids all day long, mm-hmm. the, the, the husband comes home, they're now helping the husband out doing that kind of shit unless they have couple friends together, the likelihood of them having girlfriends where they're going out afterwards Mm -hmm. is slim. And we talk about that a lot too because you need those relationships to keep your sanity. You do. There are more stay-at-home moms, so it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, imagine that. You know, with the technology that we have, and I know that this actually exists, but with the technology that we have in the information age, if it wasn't for the financial crisis that we are in, I'm willing to bet we would have a lot more stay-at-home moms, a Mm -hmm. lot more homeschooling, a lot more traditional relationships, and I'm willing to bet that there would be organized homeschooling. So my sister has four kids, right? Three. Three. Yeah. Okay. Um, We have two. They're kind of in the same age group. I mean, they're older. Her kids are older. Her youngest is like a year older than our son. But her oldest is a teenager. Yeah. But for the three of us to figure out some sort of conglomerate homeschooling scenario where all of the kids got together and the two of you were to homeschool together, Mm -hmm. you would get personal relationship with your family. Kids would be able to be around their cousins. Everyone's going to learn at the same pace. Mm -hmm. Young kids who are not as advanced as the older kids are going to pick up information that's being taught to the older kids because it's happening there. There's not going to be a social awkwardness because you are interacting with people. There's a whole lot of benefits that could be had if if three women were able to hold, homeschool six mm-hmm. kids. I would love to do that. Yeah. That'd be so dope. Well, if we ever move to Tennessee, it's a possibility because Amy homeschools. I would love that. Yep. I'm a huge advocate advocate for that. I think that the public government ran public school systems is uh, a shit show. I concur. I concur, nurse. How far into it are we? Uh, we're 38 minutes now and 16 minutes or something before, so like an hour. <coughs> you want to do one more and then call it? Because we're, we're backlogged as hell right now. Yep, so this one just came in, so I'm going to read it. Okay. Because I only had the three picked out. It says, I'm currently listening to your podcast right now, and I want to take a moment to thank you both for what you're doing. That's crazy because we're currently recording something right now <laughs> while you're sending us an email. It's crazy. like it's meant to be. It is nice to listen to both sides of an issue and get both perspectives. Now on to the issue at hand, and I apologize this will be so long. So I don't know if this is a man or a woman. You've sent like maybe four paragraphs. We have received novels. Yeah, 9,000 words. Over 9,000 words was the first, the long one. So never apologize for a long email. Can we, can we, should I email 
disclaimer real yes. quick. So when you send us an email, there are things that we look for. Mm-hmm. If you send us a one or two paragraph email, chances are it's not going to get read. We're going to just skim over it because there's not enough detail there for us to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. If you send us a 10 paragraph email that's 5,000 words and it's you shitting on your partner the entire time and we read the email, we're going to tell you that you're the problem because you're shitting on your partner and not taking accountability for what's happening. Mm-hmm. So when you send us an email, we need both sides of the story. Even if you can't put yourself in your partner's position to tell his side or her side of the story, try. <clears throat> because in doing so, you're going you're gonna to take accountability and be like, oh shit, I did this, I did that, I do mm-hmm. this. And then if you miss that and we go, you're not communicating with your partner, this is where you need to work on you so that they can do this you're going to level up from it. Yep. Taking accountability is not a bad thing. Give us all the details. Age, how long you've been together, it, all of it. I need to know everything. The more details that we have about a scenario, the easier it is to to figure out what's going on. Like that last person that sent us an email that had only been together for two years. If they would have not sent that information, we could have assumed that they were new in a relationship or 20 years together, and that would have changed the entire conversation had we had to assume one or the other. Right. You have to give us details. And if you do want to email us, email us the number two, be better, co, co at gmail.com. Look at you. Yeah. I'll even put a link in the description. Ooh. <laughs> love t- that. Teamwork. <laughs> Get it. I have been with my husband going on 13 years and married for going on 11. We are both in our, we were, we were both in our early 20s. I, re- I said it as we are in. I was like, wow. <laughs> Okay, but we were both in our we were blah, 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 blah. we were both in our very early twenties when we got married. We are now thirty two and thirty three years old with two children. In the beginning of the relationship, we were right for each other. That's a very telling sentence. Mm. They say right or ripe. Right. Okay. That says a lot. We both worked weird hours as he did construction and I worked two jobs. We spent our free time together and everything was good. However, we did not actually date. Maybe this was a red flag. So what do you mean date? Like you guys didn't get to know each other? Sounds like there wasn't a courting process. Does it say how they met? I bet it was a dating app. It doesn't say. It sounds to me when they say that, that they met and just started fooling around and it became a thing. Right. That's what I'm hearing. So any anytime you guys send an email and that's what you type out, just know that that's how we're taking that shit unless right. you give us details. Mm-hmm. A few years go by and we have a family in a new home. I started to ask him. I started to ask for him to spend more time with us as he worked long hours and six days a week. He would always tell me that bills needed to be paid and I get that but providing for a family is more than just being there financially. Okay, so he's working long hours six days a week. Are you still working? If you're not working, he is now supporting two adults and two children on solely his shoulders. Right. I understand the want to have him there physically to be present. Maybe when he gets off of work, he makes it a point to help with dinner or he plays with the kids, whatever needs to be done. Complaining to your man that he works too much providing the lifestyle you two have is going to push him away. Preach. So I was actually going to say that. Yeah. Because I was going to ask, were you complaining to him mm-hmm. that you want him to spend more time with you and the kids? Or did you say, I would love it if you would spend, if you could spend, you know, every Sunday, every other Sunday we go to breakfast, go fishing, right. whatever. Because there's a very different conversation that's had mm-hmm. when you say you don't spend enough time with the kids 
versus I love it when you're with the kids. If you could do something with them next Sunday, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. It would make me so happy to see you interacting with the children. That's all it takes. He's going to go, oh, shit, it's going to make her happy if I take the kids to breakfast. I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. She'll be happy. It all comes down to the delivery and understanding how to talk to your partner. Another thing that needs to be said there is, is was that statement about the kids only or did it say with the family? Because in that scenario, it could be that he she feels neglected because intimacy isn't there. And instead of being able to articulate that, she's feeling that he's not at home enough versus her not feeling the intimacy that she was once feeling with the man. It could be that because she did say with us. Okay. She didn't say either her or the kids specifically. She said us. So let's see. Ladies, you guys don't understand how simple it is. It, how truly simple it is to get us to do what you want us to do. It's really the easiest thing. You know, we have split time with the kids. Mm-hmm. Kids are with their dad half the week. We get them half the week. And with me going back to work, I don't have the weekends to spend with the kids anymore. So I came to you today and I said, I want to take the kids to the beach after I pick them up from school. I'm not going to have time to cook dinner. I want to order dinner. Right. And I it, told you what I wanted. Yep. You told me what you wanted. And you said, okay. Yeah. Because you weren't making me guess. Right. You weren't hemming and hawing. You weren't beating around the bush. You weren't like, you know, thinking maybe I'll take the kids out tonight mm-hmm. and then maybe we can door dash and like being indecisive. You were very decisive. Right. I want to take the kids to the beach. I would like to door dash dinner. I'll be home at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Dope. Have a good time, babe. I want you to have fun. Go live your best life. And there was no unnecessary information. It wasn't, I don't, I feel bad that I can't see the kids on the weekend. So I don't have enough time with them. So I think I'm going to pick them up early today. And because I'm picking them up early today, I'm not going to have time to make dinner. So I'm worried about dinner and I don't know what I'm going to do. No. Doing that gives him the opportunity to tell you no. It also gives the opportunity to shut our brain off. We don't want to hear all that shit. Right. But you're giving him the decision on, on something that you want to do. Yep. He doesn't care. If you want to take the kids somewhere and go do something, tell him you want to do that. He's going to say, okay, have fun. And if you want him to go, right? Just I would say, really appreciate it if you came with us. It's not you never go with us. Like, why would you do this? Right. You're neglecting your family. I can't believe you choose work over us. Yep. Because that changes the entire conversation. It does. To control and nagging. And these are obviously made up scenarios. We, we're not saying that you do this to him, but these are right. things that we see constantly in the emails and the conversations that we have with people it's things we have we've observed in life as well Mm -hmm. i've seen couples in public have conversations like that i'm like damn like if you just worded that differently or maybe if you were a little bit nicer to your husband you know how hard it is for me to bite my tongue when republicans that shit happens it makes me want to walk up there i need to get business cards (laughs) i I really do and be like hey guys i i'm a i'm a life coach that, mm-hmm. that works specifically on communication. Here's my business card. You can check out my podcast. If you would have just worded that as this, he would have agreed to you. You would have won that argument and then just walk away. I love that. People are like, what, what just happened? I want to do that. <laughs> Let's get business cards. <laughs> I would love to do that. <clears throat> and then they're going to check us out because they're so angry that we interrupted yeah. their conversation. Like, who the hell do they think they yeah. are? And then they're going to watch our stuff and be like, damn, they know who they are. <laughs> Don't even give them a chance to reply. <laughs> Hand them the business card, say your shit, and walk away before they could say anything. I have a really hard time controlling my face <laughs> when it comes to certain situations. And like when I hear people going at it in public, I'm like, yeah, that, that's hard. That's funny. <laughs> it's hard to bite my tongue. You suck at communicating. Here's a business card. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I walk over to her, give her one. You really want to get what you want out of your husband? Go to my YouTube channel. (laughs) That's all I got to say. You mean I can get whatever I want? I'm going to say in front of him too, so he's going to get angry, and they're going to check it out together. 
And he'll be like, damn, she was right. That is how she gets whatever she wants right. from me. You know, the funny thing is, is when people understand what it is that we're saying, shitty women will manipulate men with exactly the tools that we're giving them mm -hmm. because men truly just want to see their women happy. It doesn't take much. It comes down to, I know this is going to make you happy if I do it. Mm -hmm. I want you to be happy because if you're happy, my life is going to be better. Right. I'm going to go do that. Mm -hmm. Simple. Simple. I fought for his time for years through our second child, job changes, etc. After a while, I stopped fighting for the time with him and just decided the time we had together on his one day off a week was good enough. This spiraled into more problems. I would come to ask him. I would come to him and ask for help with the kids or the household chores, and I would end up doing the things on my own. I would let him know that I felt like we were roommates and just coexisting. We would have high level talks about things, but no significant changes, no resolution and no next steps. It was things like this that piled up over time. I had come to the realization that I had been emotionally and intimate, intimately neglected. We don't hold hands while in the car together. No hugs from behind while I'm making dinner. No dancing in the kitchen to a favorite song. Those small things don't happen. About six months ago, I laid it out on the table for him. Told him all the things that I had been missing and needing. Literally gave him a playbook to make it all work. Good words were said, but no substantial changes, which is a cycle through a relationship. That makes me sad. What's the face? Because all I hear is everything that he's got to do. I'm not hearing any, any, I'm, I'm making changes. I'm working right. on the communication. I'm now holding his hand in the car instead of waiting for him to hold mine. Mm -hmm. Somebody has to be the bigger person. If he feels disrespected, neglected, not loved, like he's simply nothing more than a paycheck or whatever it is that he's going through. Right. Just telling him that you want more is not going to be enough to make those changes. You have to be part of the change. They're in the roommate phase. Mm hmm. Roommate phase means there's no intimacy, sexually or otherwise. Right. If that was the case, they would not be in the roommate phase. Mm -hmm. Both parties have to take steps to change that. The communication is a big part of it. You've laid out what you expect of him and what you want, and you told him, hopefully, hopefully you told him what you wanted, mm -hmm. not hemming and hawing and beating around the bush about things that could potentially make you happy, like the discussion we had a minute ago. Hopefully you told him. I would like you to... Touch my butt every once in a while when you walk by. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then you, after you tell him that, start doing things like trying to hold his hand while you're driving. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a big guy. Right. Right. So I had and I have multiple vehicles, but if we're in my car, because it's a two-seater and it's very small, mm -hmm. there's no choice but for you to touch me or for me to touch you. Because if my arm is on an armrest, it's taking up the whole damn armrest. So when we're in the car, you underhook mm -hmm. my arm. And wrap your arm around and you hold on to my arm. Yeah. And that's a form of intimacy. Even if I'm not touching you, my hand could be on the gear shifter. Mm -hmm. That's where your arm is. That's a decision you make. Yeah. And when we're driving long distance and we're in the truck and we've got all that room in there and I don't feel that, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, bitch. Yeah. And I'll reach over there and I'll grab a leg or I'll hold the hand or I'll make you hold my damn arm. Right. Because I want that intimacy. Yeah. And the difference is, is you do it when you want it and mm -hmm. I do it when I want it. But we both know that we want it. Yeah. Doesn't mean that we're always thinking about it. We mm -hmm. could be talking about mob boss alligators <laughs> while you're smoking, or we could be having a religious conversation and right. we're engaged in that. And because of that, we're not giving each other the intimacy. Mm -hmm. I could be stressed out about business right. and having a complete meltdown. Mm 
mm-hmm. that arm going around my arm under my armpit and around my elbow is enough to calm me a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. And you do it subconsciously because you want that intimacy, but it's a want from both of us. Yeah. If I'm stressed out about work all the time, I feel like a provider only, a paycheck. I feel like I'm not quite uh, leading my family, doing what I need to be doing as a man. That's a me problem. Mm-hmm. And you go, he never touches my leg when he drives. I'm not holding his damn arm anymore until he reaches over there and touches my leg. You just made the <clears throat> choice to kill intimacy. Yep. Yep. There are even times where we're in the car and like I'll sit there and I'll have a thought be like, he's not holding my leg. Why isn't he holding my leg? And I catch myself. I'm like, that's a stupid thought. Hold his arm. Yep. In those moments where I want you to touch me, it doesn't matter what the scenario is. We could be sitting on the couch and I'm cocooned under my blanket. And if I think of, I wish he was touching me right now, I'd be like, damn, he's probably thinking the same thing. Yep. I'm going to touch you. And then there are times where like, <coughs> I'll put my hand, either I'll wrap my hand around your arm, like you said, or I'll put my hand on the top of your thigh and you'll grab my hand while it's on top of yours. Mm-hmm. That's well, it. We're on the couch mm-hmm. because of the way we sit on the couch. Your feet go on the pedestal, which mm-hmm. is my lap. And in the event that I sit down and your feet don't touch my body in some way, shape, or form, I will reach over and grab your feet and pull your ass over there and put them where they belong. And I can play on my phone or watch TV and completely ignore the rest of the evening because we're making physical contact at that point. Mm -hmm. It's expected. And when it's not happening because you're feeling whatever you're feeling or I'm feeling whatever I'm feeling, one of us catches it and engages that. It's not a matter of why am I always the one doing these things? It doesn't matter if you're the one always doing it. It's happening. Mm -hmm. You're maintaining that intimacy. It may suck to be the bigger person all the time, but if you make the decision not to do it, you're going to lose that altogether. Right. (coughs) And if that is the case, having the conversation like, hey, next time we sit down, I would like you to hold my leg instead of me holding your arm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to remember that. So the next time we sit down, I do that for you. Right. It doesn't take much. That's all it takes. And something important to think about, like you said, when you're super stressed out and you have all that stuff going on in your mind, the last thing you're going to think about is putting your hand on my thigh because you're worried about making money work. Yep. So you have to keep in mind your man is a human being and he has a lot of stress on his shoulders. You might think that him going to work and sitting on his ass all day is easy. It's not. Right. He has to worry about making sure you're fed. The kids are fed. The kids have what they need. You have what you need. You Rent's paid, mortgage paid, insurance is taken care of, all of that. Sometimes you just have to initiate it. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Life is hard. And forgetting to grab your hand in the car or forgetting to hold the door open. I would hate to be berated over that because I slipped up. Now, this is a repetitive pattern. Right. If it's something that used to happen, like I said, I can't remember if it was this one or the other one where I said it. If we go two days without you touch me or something, the world is ending. Yeah. yeah, That's a problem. What can I do to remedy this? Sometimes you're just going through it. Your BPD flares up and you're struggling to survive and I'm not going to bother you with, you know, you didn't hold my hip last night when we were laying in bed. Do you not love me anymore? I recognize you're going through things, but when a day or two goes by, I take it upon myself to say, Hey, I know you're going through it. I've noticed like we haven't been super intimate the last two days. Is it something going on with us? Like, are you upset with me? Are you frustrated with me? Are you trying to find a way to tell me something? And that kind of opens the door to resolve anything that could be going on. Right. It doesn't take much to not let things die. That can also resolve the situation, though. Yeah. In those moments that all of that is happening with me, when you bring it to my attention, I may not even realize mm-hmm. that I have been reserved or pulled back and then have to go, oh, shit, she's right. You know what I mean? Like, right. Sometimes, sometimes you just need a wake-up call. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. as long as you deliver it in a, a proper manner. Right. 
there's also a scenario, just because I'm trying to cover all the bases, mm-hmm. where women get touched out. She said she's got two kids. And if she's a stay-at-home, which it doesn't say whether or not she's working or not, I don't, and if it does, I don't remember. But if she's a stay-at-home and dealing with those two kids and he's working long hours and she's dealing with the kids constantly, by the time she comes home, she might be... She works from home. Okay. She might be overstimulated, overtouched, tired, headache, all the excuses that they give. Mm-hmm. So when you hear those constantly, you stop trying right. constantly. And that kills intimacy as well. Mm-hmm. You don't see it on the camera. Good. <laughs> yeah, with what you just said, that when you hear it constantly, they just stop trying. Mm-hmm. I'll try something three times. After that third time, if it's a definitive no, I'm not doing it again. There are times where this is going to sound super shitty. I mean, I don't find it shitty. I just find it. I'm your wife. And with being your wife, you don't get intimacy anywhere else. So even if I am touched out, I'm going to hug you. Right. I don't care how exhausted I am. If we haven't had sex in three days, I'm going to have sex with you. Even if you don't want it going into it, that doesn't mean you're not going to end up wanting it right. when you get into it. You According, know? that's coercion. According to the internet, that's coercion. And, <laughs> and, and it's technically, uh, I think that people now are saying that it's marital rape to coerce your woman into doing it with you if you are not in the mood or if the woman's not in the mood and you are. So, and I'm going to throw out a scenario. If lingerie was acceptable for men, mm-hmm. or was a thing for men, however you want to word that, and or like I let's say I bought some two inch PT shorts that, that does it for you, yeah. And I was like, I would like to 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 have some fun time tonight. And you're like, I have a headache, not tonight. And I went and put on those shorts and was like, Are you sure? And you were like, Okay, let's do it. <laughs> That's coercion. Are you serious? Yeah. The, no way. The way that people are reacting to the things that go on in a marriage. And like what is and what is not acceptable is bullshit to me. When you when you agree to marry somebody, you have a duty to them. Right. Both sides of the fence. You are you are to honor those duties. Whether you are in the mood or you have a headache or not, you can have a conversation about it if you're really not in the mood and p- prolong it. Right. But you don't put that shit off for two months and then wonder why intimacy is gone. that that whole scenario and like i understand marital rape like Mm -hmm. rape is rape right that's a problem Mm -hmm. but if you're if you're not physically attracted to your partner anymore and you're not into them or your sex life is gone for whatever the reason is end it Mm -hmm. or let them have somebody on the side yeah and if you're not willing to do one or the other you don't deserve that person anymore i agree and and Mm -hmm. i don't give a fuck if you disagree with me in the comments Oh, I like how you pushed your microphone That's away. I was taking energy drink. That was nice. You're so aggressive. I'm over <laughs> that shit. I'm so over all the stupidity that comes along. Yeah. Refer back to my message I sent you earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take much for you, does yeah, it? I'm really... going to get those PD, PT shorts and just walk through the house one day and coerce you into sleeping with me. Do you promise? I mean, it, it, coercion, dating, sexy time. I want the shorts. <laughs> That's gross. You've made like three jokes about it now, I know, so I feel I know, like it, I know it does it for you. This is this is um. What are they? Uh, well, I've noticed something with you. What's that? When you talk about one subject more than once in regards to buying the something, you get more serious about it every time know, you talk I about know. it. This is me building and building anticipation. So in the event that I ever walk out in some two inch PT shorts, I'm gonna die. Looking like the Swede from um, Heartbreak Ridge, all jacked with the oh little tiny God. shorts. Your thighs look really good. <laughs> You're going to have to get like a defibrillator on me on the yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> have EMTs waiting outside. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, 
I need you here just in case she dies during sexy time. <laughs> Not even that. <laughs> I'm going to see your butt <clears throat> in those shorts and my heart's going to stop. <laughs> we are so stupid. I'm getting palpitations. Wow. Do you make it? It's getting hot. <laughs> Do I need to take my hoodie off? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm, I'm legit sweating right now. <laughs> I want the shorts. Oh, man. Ooh, can they be like a dark green? Like a... OD green? I don't know. Olive? Dark yeah. olive, yeah. OD. Yes. Olive drab. Yeah. OD green. With like black stripes on the side. I don't know about all that. Like I don't a, know if I can find that specific pair of shorts. I can make it. I'm sure you can. Why don't I just buy a kilt? <laughs> Are you serious? I mean, I had one. I actually had my tartan and everything at one point. And you don't have it now Mm-mm, because I don't hold on to things. When I'm done with things, they get thrown out or donated. And I'm not, I'm not a collector. I don't hold on to things that don't get used more than six months besides tools. I want to see you in a kilt. Yeah. Okay. We just really derailed that. We whole thing. really did. Yeah. <laughs> so getting back to this, she did say that she told him, I feel like we're roommate roommates, roommates. So they feel like we're the roommates. She said that she told him that. Mm-hmm. She didn't say how she said it, but I feel like that's a very direct saying way of saying we're not intimate anymore. Right. I need intimacy. We're roommates. So. So acknowledging the fact that that's a problem is a good thing. Trying to address it in communication is a good thing. But what actions were taken on either side to remedy said problem? You're right. Yeah, we already talked about this. I'm all I'm. <sighs> Stop thinking about my butt in PT shorts. I'm frazzled. <laughs> I am not a piece of meat, woman. You're not. You're more like a very nice baked apple with cinnamon and sugar on it. <laughs> so getting back into the email. No resolution. So we don't hold hands in the car. Small things don't happen. About six months ago, I laid it out on the table for him. Told him all the things I've been missing and needing. Literally giving him a playbook. No substantial changes. We read that part. In October, he got sick and has been in and out of the hospital. While in the hospital, my wo- workload didn't change. I took care of the kids, ran the household, and took care of my husband while in the hospital and while he was home. We had a few talks throughout this, but still my needs were not being met. While I know that some things have to be put on hold, something I asked for was to be complimented, called beautiful, as this was something I was not getting. I offered up therapy for us. I have been in therapy for myself for years, and he has turned it down. I have asked for couples counseling several times during our marriage, and each time he told me it was pointless. All right, so let's pause right there because I have a whole lot I want to address in this. Okay. Couples counseling does not necessarily mean that you are going to be successful. Right. If you are taking relationship advice from somebody who doesn't have a good relationship, Mm -hmm. that's a problem. I feel the way I feel about therapists. There are good ones out there and there are bad ones out there, but I believe overall they they genuinely want to help people. Mm -hmm. So therapy as a couple or as as an individual could be beneficial. I'm not saying that it's not. Right. Couples counseling may not be beneficial either. Mm-hmm. If he's not willing to compliment you, there's a bigger issue happening. Yeah. When was the last time you complimented him? It, that could be a part of it too. There's. I'm willing to bet he's viewing her as his mother because of the complaining and the happiness, mm-hmm. and men are not attracted to their moms. Right. If you are treating him as a mom, mm-hmm. he's not going to reciprocate and give you the things that you want to give. If you treated me like a mother and bitched and complained and nagged at me and, and tried to control my life and dictated my every action, do you think I'd be like, damn, baby, you look so good? I'd be like, I had to get out of here before this bitch starts nagging. Like, I don't want to hear this shit. I'm, I'm out. Like, I'm going. 
Yeah, I'd expect you to be gone at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Intimacy controls everything in the house, and it always comes, it starts with the woman. It begins and ends with the dies. It begins and ends or lives and dies with the woman. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not saying that it's always the woman's fault because men can be pieces of shit, mm-hmm. but women actively control the house. Mm-hmm. Your efforts and the things that you do in the home is going to dictate the outcome you get with your man. That's just the way it is. Yeah. If you have, I mean, the saying is happy, happy, uh, happy wife, happy life. People are now saying happy spouse, happy house mm-hmm. because it's supposed to be a two-way thing. Right. But when the woman is happy in the home and intimacy is there, everything is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. The moment things start changing, whether uh, oh, I almost almost threw somebody under the bus that I, I should not have done that. Um, we have somebody that we know mm-hmm. that openly admitted that when they moved in together, she picked up all of the roles and started overperforming household duties and just assuming everything. There was never a conversation had. She mm-hmm. just did those things. And now, umpteen years later, those things are becoming an issue because she's overworked, tired, and doesn't want to be responsible for that anymore. Now there's conversations that have to be had to remedy that situation. Mm-hmm. Those situations where she feels like the mom doing too much, overexhausted, doesn't want to deal with this shit anymore, and the man is passive because she's been leading. Mm-hmm. That's exactly why I said when a woman is in her masculine, she's going to constantly be ch- challenging her man. Yep. And there's only going to be one dominant masculine force in the house. Yes, absolutely. You can't have two people leading in a dance. Mm-mm. It doesn't work that way. Oh, God. So many women are going to get upset that statement. I, I don't give a shit There at this can only point. be one masculine person and it has to be the man. No, it doesn't have to be the man. And if you're going to be the masculine person in the household, then you have to accept that you're taking on that role and you can't bitch about that's it. That's it. If, if that's what you want to be, then be that. Right. But don't complain about it. Yep. You're choosing to take on that role to be the masculine figure in the household. Mm-hmm. So you can't be upset when he's passive because you're the final decision maker. Yep. You've made yourself the final decision maker. You can't complain about being the final decision maker when you did not trust him yeah. to make the final decisions. How crazy is it to me that when people get into relationships, that's not a thing. Two people are living individual lives. Mm-hmm. They get together and they think that things are going to be a certain way. And one person has a hard time giving up anything mm-hmm. and becomes that overpowering force. And the other person just goes, nah, okay, whatever. And just lives with it. Yeah. Instead of going, hey, I still need my independence. Or, hey, I should be the one that's leading this household. Or, hey... I'm not okay with whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Eh, okay. And then becomes that shell. Right. It's wild to me. <clears throat> I've learned so much over the last three months from all the shit that we're reading that mm-hmm. it's changed my entire outlook on people's relationships, our relationships, my own behavior, that the perspective that I have now mm-hmm. has changed my entire life. Yeah. It's wild to me. I don't look at anything the same as I did three months ago. And when people that I know that I have not interacted with in a while, sees the podcast, they're like, what what happened to you? Like, how did you learn all of this? What happened to, you know, the the last six years of your life? Dude, I'm I'm changing. Like, I'm I'm doing the work. I don't want to be that guy. I was that guy six years ago. Why would I want to be him now? Right. Like, I don't know. It's crazy to me to have people reaching out saying that you're different. Yeah, it happens all the time. I I, I mean, you've seen it. We've had people at dinner be like, who the hell is this guy? Why are you smiling so much? Stop it. Right. Yeah. Life is better because I, I made a decision. I've had people actually cut me out of their life because of the way that I'm progressing in my growth. That's because people don't like to see other people level up. Mm-hmm. 
it makes them feel bad about their in, 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 uh, inability or their lack of desire. So before I get reading onto this, I'm going to highly recommend that this woman read Loya, Loy, Laura Doyle's books. Which one? The Surrendered Wife and The Empowered Wife. Yeah. Those two go hand in hand. That woman is, is gangster she with is what she smart. does. Yeah. I love her. If I had the patience to write a book, I would do it. Kudos to her. I don't have that patience. She's written a few of them now. That, that's actually one of the questions when I pulled up that course earlier for mm-hmm. you to take that coaching ca- class because I'm going to pay for that when we get off here. I'm going to fill all that shit out. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually asks if you listen to The Empowered Wife because it's it's an aud- audible book. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I would love to get her on the podcast. I, I would, would love... To, uh, you know how awesome it would be if I could just be like, hey, what is your like two-hour fee mm-hmm. to come on the podcast and answer emails with us? Because she's going to hit points that we both haven't hit Right. Because we're not as, as far along and educated as she is. Mm-hmm. That's going to make us look stupid. And I would love that because I'm going to learn from it. <laughs> I'll just say I would love that too because I'm going to learn. <laughs> Progress. So before I get on into the next part, so she requested couples counseling, told her it was pointless. I have been asking for changes. No, not asking, begging, talking to him about how I was lonely, tired, depressed, and all around unhappy about how things have been going. In the next paragraph, she describes an argument. I agree this whole thing is centered around her. What has he asked you to do to change so he's now happy as well? You're both miserable. Mm -hmm. All I'm hearing is that you're lonely, you're tired, you're depressed, and you're unhappy. What are his feelings? That's a good point. That's a very good point. Did you ask him what his feelings are? Has he ever stated them? I'm willing to bet they've never implemented a check-in. Yeah. Do the report cards. Go, rec- go yeah. to our YouTube channel and look at the report card. It gives you a whole bunch of tips on communication too because honestly, I feel like you both need it. It sounds to me like what you're explaining is to you mm-hmm. that you're explaining to him what you need and on his ears, I'm willing to bet it sounds like complaining and he's not doing enough and he's the problem, right. which is making him want to shut down or tell you what you want to hear even though he has no intention of changing because you're you're shitting on him in his view. We could really make so much money doing couples counseling. Yeah, I mean, you get that coaching license. We could, we get, we no longer have to do the, the licensed professional shit because you'll be a coach. That's crazy. We, we won't even need a disclaimer. Because I, I can, I could be like, "Welcome to our podcast. We are the Chris's. My wife's a badass." <laughs> <laughs> I could do that anyways, but I was about to say I am already a badass, <laughs> but that made me feel really good. I am. I'm actually really excited about that coaching class. I feel like that's a level up for me. Yeah. Yep. And I'll buy proxy learn because I'll make you read all the courses out loud so I can retain it. <laughs> yeah, I'll gladly do that because I know you enjoy listening to my voice. I do. So does everybody else on here. People have asked, people have actually commented, I would love to hear her read this book. I don't think we can do that. I, we might be able to on Patreon. It's copyright infringement, but we could probably do it and get away with it. Yeah. I mean, it's illegal. What, what if, if I paraphrase? What, what if we email Laura and just be like, hey, we have a Patreon group. <laughs> They're really interested in, in my wife. And her ASMR voice reading your book. My ASMR voice. I feel like Barry White over here. <laughs> Me and my sultry peanut butter silk voice. <laughs> that was so gay. That was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Why did I have so much fun saying I, that? That was though? good, though. It uh, was enjoyable. <laughs> Okay, so going into this, 
Well, shit hit the fan. He started texting me while we were working. Oh, no. And we got into an argument. He tried to fix it with a hug and a kiss when he got home from work. And I work from home. I proceeded to tell him I was done. And I need to put myself first for once. Put herself first. Hell. See this? Uh, right. That, guys, I know. <laughs> fucking people. I know that we live in the technology age where we are more comfortable having a digital conversation with somebody versus looking them in the eye and talking to them. Mm -hmm. We live on a screen. So we are more comfortable in a digital world having a conversation. It's because you don't have to deal with tone inflections, anger, frustration, a change in their face. Right. You don't have to see any of it. You're not there. You can say everything. They can reply. You can take a minute to really pause and reflect and Mm -hmm. then respond. For the love of God, stop having in-depth conversations with your partner over a text message. You can't hear the tone of their voice. You can't read their body language. You don't know the inflection of the way that they're they're saying things. Mm-hmm. They're not going to articulate the same on a text message because the words they're using has to be typed out versus what they would say if they use slang or anything else. You are missing 80% of the communication by having a text message conversation. Mm-hmm. For the love of God, grow up. I hate that so much. And we get caught into that every once in a while because our life is so busy mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm, I, I stop. Like once I realize what's happening and like we're engaging ourselves, I'll hang up and call you or I'll, I'll stop and I'll call and be like, hey, I'm busy right now. Give me 15 minutes and I will step outside and we can talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ever send a text message to you that could be misconstrued because love you and I love you can be read differently. Yeah. Stop it. I agree. The other part of that, I want to put myself first for once. I don't even know what you mean by that, but good for you. You should be taking some sort of priority for your life. Right. When was the last time that you did something for yourself that you enjoyed? Mm-hmm. When's the last time you went to Starbucks, got a, got your favorite drink, drove to Hobby Lobby, and just walked around and looked at shit for an hour? When's the last time you had a, a night out with your girlfriend? Not girlfriends, friend, your best friend, Mm -hmm. not a bar, went to dinner, had conversation, went bowling, axe throwing, or whatever it is that you do that you find enjoyment in. And when was the last time that you felt like you had a true victory? Like, I accomplished this shit today. I owned it. I closed Mm -hmm. this deal. I had a new PR at the gym. I squatted 500 pounds. Whatever it is that you do that brings you true enjoyment in that aspect where you've accomplished something, when was the last time that you did that? Mm -hmm. Because if you can't give me those things, that's part of your issue. I agree. Yeah. That is definitely a big deal. One of the reasons I think our relationship works so well is I take time for myself. <clears throat> yeah. I take three-hour baths. I I come up, in there and hype you up while you're in those baths. You do. You make me feel really good about myself. I, I, you bring me wine sometimes, mm-hmm. too. I, I want I want you to enjoy that time. Right. I don't want you to ever feel guilty about even wanting to take that time. You know how many women feel bad about asking their man to go out? Asking, not right. telling, which Ask is a problem him. in itself. Because if you go, babe, I want to go hang out with... If you came to me and were like, hey, mm-hmm. I want to go meet Caitlin at Olive Garden. Okay. If you came and you're like, you know, I was really thinking about maybe going to see Caitlin tonight, but I don't know really if I want to, and maybe she wants to hang out with me. and, and uh, Right. I'm not going to support that because you don't sound like you even really mm-hmm. want it. But if you're like, I'm going to go eat some breadsticks, I'm going to have a glass of wine, and I'm going to hang out, and me and this bitch are going to have a great time. I'm Hell yeah, babe. Money clips in the bedroom. Go get what you need. A woman who knows what she wants is desirable. Damn right. It's no different than a man who's masculine and leads to a woman. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I love it when you're aggressive like that. Uh, assertive. 
Assertive, not yeah. aggressive. So I like it when you're aggressive sometimes too. Yeah. But the assertiveness does a lot for me because mm-hmm. it means I don't have to worry about you doing something that you don't want to do just because you feel obligated to do it. Right. When you're like this, I'm like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Run that shit. Get it, babe. Yeah. You're like, well, well then maybe you really shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. It's a very different conversation and it all comes from the way that you're you're handling what you're telling me. Right. I couldn't imagine not voicing how I feel. Like I used to not do that. A lot of people still don't. There was a situation where we were having legal papers drawn up and I was reading over it. And there was one point where I was like, ooh, that makes me uncomfortable. And I said that out loud. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't like that. That makes me uncomfortable. That needs to be rephrased. And it was rephrased. Yeah. There was no beating around the bush. There was no, it was, it was I told you how that made me feel. That needs to be corrected. Yep. And that was it. It's crazy how that works when you are, you voice your vocal about right. the things that you want. So uh, you spoke on your points. I want to speak on the point that he tried to fix it with a hug and a kiss when he got home from work. So you've been telling this man that you want more attention. You want more flirting. You want more handholding. You want more physical touch. You want kisses, all of that kind of stuff. You guys got into an argument. Is it possible? He thought, wow, I made her really upset. She's been asking for me, me for these things. This is going to make her happy when I get home and then we can talk about it. That's a really good point. I didn't even, that didn't even register in my brain. That's good. Men think like that. He thought he he really could have thought he was going to do something that was going to make you happy because you've been telling him you want this intimacy. He comes home and does it to you and you shit on him. Mm-hmm. That's a damn good point. That sucks. And then that is going to prevent further actions mm-hmm. of that because you just stopped it from happening. Right. So you've been complaining about it. He finally implements it, even though you found it in an inappropriate time. He did what you were asking for. Mm -hmm. And because he did what you were asking for, just because you found that an inopportune time, you shit on him for it. You and I have actually had this conversation. I'm having like the worst deja vu ever in my brain right now. Oh, yeah. We've had this conversation in our living room about in the moment. Oh, it was because of your physical touch thing when we're arguing. You were like, if you were to ever come up to me and put oh. your hands on me and I was mad at you, I would not stop you from doing it because I would not want to teach you that when I'm angry, it's not okay to touch me. Yeah. Because you need that physical contact. That's mm-hmm. one of your love languages and something that that um, emotionally supports you when you're going through it with your autism. Right. You even said, like, I don't touch you because I worry you don't want me to. Right. Yeah. And, and, I you, said- and you were like, even if I was not okay with it in the moment, I would let it happen. And then mm-hmm. afterwards, we would talk about it because I don't want to teach you that when I'm going through this, that it's unacceptable because sometimes that's not what it is. Sometimes it's what I need. Right. And if you're afraid to interact with me in that point and I have to ask for it, it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. This was like two months ago. Oh, yeah. This was a while ago. Crazy. I've never thought about that conversation since until yeah. just now. Wild. My yeah. brain's working today. It is doing great. It's the caffeine. If only I had first form energy drinks, it would have been working way earlier. Drinking this garbage instead. I really like their orange one. That's my favorite. I'll order more today. Thank you. $600. So she goes... (laughs) Worth it. It's never cheap when I order from them. It's so good, though. I know. I love it. I kind of maybe want another shirt, too. Okay. Thank you. It works. Are you sure you don't maybe want another shirt or just kind of want another shirt? You specifically do want another shirt? Yeah. Okay. I definitively do. Definitively. 
Which one? Not, I don't know which one yeah. yet. We'll but look. when we look on the website, I know I want another shirt. Yeah, their, their shirts, shirts are, are comfortable. Nice. Yeah. I have carried the marriage for the better of six years by myself, planning the date, starting the conversations, making making the what? Starting what? the conversations, making the time, planning the weekend getaways and vacations, all while running the home and doing all of these things. I have met all of his needs and love languages, physical touch, sex, quality time, and I've told him that I'm proud of him and built him up with nothing back to me or mine, words of affirmation, physical touch, outside of the bedroom intimacy. As well, I was trying to establish the boundary of being done and telling him to let me go so I can work on myself to be happy again. This is when he had his light bulb moment of he was going to lose everything. Yep. He had been complacent in the marriage, and now he sees his ways. He's asking me to keep trying and to give him one more time. I countered that with asking, how much more time am I going to give how much more time am I going to have to sit and wait for him to become the man that I have been begging him to be for years? No answer from him. So now, while I am in limbo, I try and keep an open mind to him stepping up. Can we, can we pause? Because yeah. I'm going to forget. If she would have said all of that last paragraph at the beginning of the email, we would have been having a very different conversation about a lot of this. Mm. If she said that she's met all of his love languages, she's been intimate, she's tried everything that she can try, right? And over six years, he's not been he's not been receptive. He's mm-hmm. not reciprocating these things. That's how you start the email. Yeah. That that way we have an understanding because right now we're reading this email as we go, and mm-hmm. had we known that in the beginning, we would have had a different conversation about all of this moving forward. Right. Because it you're not telling us the things that you do. None of this has been a, I do this, I do this. Right. It's been him, 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 him until the end of the email. And now we're getting your side the way that you've treated him. And that's, that's important. It is. I think for formatting emails, guys, you have to start with the things you have or have not done in the relationship. Right. Whatever your perspective is on things, blah, blah, blah. That way we can get what you've done out of the way. Cause this whole time it sounds like she's just shitting on her husband. Right. When you take that accountability first, we then we can just go into the email viewing what you have done, what you have said, versus what this person has done or this person has said. Right. There's no guesswork at that point because we already know what you've done. Right. And my brain, after hearing you read that that paragraph, mm-hmm. went from, okay, she's done everything that she can do. He's not reciprocating it. Why is he checked out? Right. There's a reason. Because if she's meeting all of those mess, all of those love languages and doing all of that, mm-hmm. there's still an underlying issue, but it, it may not be that she nags or complains or it could be a slew of other things. It could be work. It could be finances. It could be feeling like he's just run down. It could be low testosterone. Yeah. It could be a lot of other things, but we're going to check. It, it's no different than trying to fix a car. Yeah. If something's wrong, you're going to check the oil, check the gas, check mm-hmm. the, the water, make sure that all that shit's good. And then you're going to diagnose the next thing. And then you're going to diagnose the next thing. But you're always going to check the obvious shit first because mm-hmm. normally that's the case. I would <clears throat> ask him if he's depressed. Yeah. I mean, that could be a thing too. Because he's working long hours, six days a week. He gets one day a week with his family. He's he's probably having like husband guilt and dad guilt. He could be. Like, I'm not present. I'm not there. I'm not doing enough. She's telling me I'm not doing enough. I am a piece of shit that I think I am. It could also be that he's spending so much time at work and so much time away from home that he doesn't know how to act when he is home. And all he wants Ooh. to do is decompress. 
That's a good point. You know how hard it is for men to get back from the military or mm-hmm. for people to be released from prison and reacclimate to normal day-to-day life for people? It's hard. That is really hard. So when you're six days a week at a job and you're away from everyone and when you come home, you're feeling like you're in, in combat because mm-hmm. you're having issues with your partner. You don't know your kids very well because you're not there. You don't have a lot in common with them. That That's very much a thing. Mm-hmm. You now have depression. Like you said, could be a problem. Exhaustion. There could be a whole slew of things going on there now. Right. But we don't know this person's life the way they know this person's life. I still stand by she married this man because she believed he was going to be the man of her dreams for the rest of her life. Right. Something in the marriage changed. Mm -hmm. And when something in the marriage changes, it's not one person. It's both of you. It is always both of you. So I'm going to say my point after I finish reading this. Mm Mm-hmm. He asked for more time. I countered that with asking him how much more time am I going to have to sit and wait? I told him that it feels like he has thrown a Hail Mary after the whistle has blown. I still feel done. He even said I need to give this, give this to him so that he knows he has tried everything. My boundary has been disrespected. I know this. Something to note. I have also told him that my, my romantic love for him is gone. And he is still trying and putting all of his eggs in one basket. Well, she knows the intimacy is gone. Right. So she said, this is really hard, but really, how does one proceed? Am I asking for too much? Am I the problem? And then she apologizes for being all over the place and confusing. (laughs) So So then we're going to apologize now for triggering the shit out of you because I know when you listen to this, you're going to be like, what the actual F? Yeah, I am also going to apologize. So since you apologize for being all over the place, I apologize for making opinions Based on the information given. Yeah. I, I won't apologize for that because that's what people are, are sending us emails for. Right. I did just kind of shit on this woman. Yeah, though. you did. <laughs> I really did. Because <clears throat> like we've said prior, when we don't know, we don't read these emails all the way through. No. We skim them because when we read them for the podcast, we want it to be a genuine reaction right. and thought process. Organically. Right. I, I got I got to be honest, I still feel the way that I felt about it at the beginning of the email, but mm-hmm. knowing that she has trying to match your partner's love language is a big deal. Mm-hmm. It, it truly is because it makes the, like, you know how you always say, I feel so seen, I feel so heard, yeah. I feel so validated. It's because I pay attention to the things that make you tick and I know how to pull your heartstrings. Mm-hmm. I know what you need because I've seen it and I want to provide that for you because it makes you happy. If I treated your love language the way my love language is, we wouldn't be together because our love languages are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, that is important to learn those things. Right. So if she's taken the time to actually understand his love language and try to meet those and has been fighting to keep intimacy and not fighting in terms of actual complaining and bickering, but mm-hmm. actions, then he's the problem. If, if, if she's not done the way those things the way that she should be doing those things, she is also the problem, and people right. don't want to hear that. I don't think that couples canceling is going to do the answer. I, I, I don't think that's going to matter. I agree. <clears throat> I think that I do think that she should read the empowered woman. I yeah. Um, I our empowered wife. I think that's going to be a, a very a helpful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's on Audible. It's a seven hour book. You can listen to it in a day if you really wanted to. Um, and that's going to help because it's going to help you understand how the intimacy is with a woman and how you run your house. Yeah. Um, do you think it's too little too late? Cause now he's trying to throw everything at the wall at once, trying to make like a last ditch effort to save things while she's one foot out the door. <clears throat> if this were us, 
and I tell you I'm done, like I'm over it. And you have a light bulb moment where you're about to lose everything that we've built. And you came to me and you said, give me one more chance. Like I've heard you. I understand now. I get it. I would give you that one chance. I would put like a six month limit on it because I've wasted six years. I'm not going to waste another one. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. I'm going to give you six more months to get your shit together. Right. Because a lot can change. You know, you know, you can develop whole new habits in, in less months. than six yeah. months. Yeah. With that being said, you also have to put an effort now, though. <clears throat> yeah. Even though you've completely checked out and the romance is gone. I'm sure it's gone for him as well. He is now on board with making your marriage work. Now you both have to put in work. It's not you can sit around while he tries his best to make you love him again. Right. That's not how you that, build it. That's a really good point. You're just going to sit there and be resentful. Oh, well, now you're going to do it when I'm already done and like leaving. Yep. No. Here's a good a good metaphor because I love my metaphors. Mm-hmm. You two are the last two people at a poker table. One of you is going to win this game. You all in. Play those hands like they're the only hands that matter in this world. Mm-hmm. And if they don't resolve and work out, one of you has to walk away from the table. Yeah. I, if, I already said if I were them. So you both have to put in the work. I would sit down. And like you said prior, something changed in the marriage. Yeah. And I can guarantee if they both sat down and said, when did it change for you? They can both pinpoint a moment. Right. And it, then they can t- discuss it. And it may not be the same moment in time. Right. It but I guarantee totally you it's going to be close. Mm-hmm. It'll be close within a year. Yep. It's going to be two completely different moments for the both of you. Mm-hmm. And those moments need to be discussed. Is it going to be exactly the same as it was six years ago when you guys had intimacy or whenever that time frame was? No, it's not. You're not going to be able to get back what you had before things in life took place. Mm-hmm. But you can take those things from life and grow from it and become stronger together. Every little spat that we have, I feel closer to you afterwards. Right. Like when we left the keys and we were both frustrated as hell, like I felt closer to you that day than I did the day before. Yeah. Because well, we navigated a situation that could have been really nasty. Yeah. And we handled it great. Well, I got a lot of processing. Yeah. I agree. I agree with everything that you just said about us mm-hmm. because we don't have those fights like that right. and we're able to resolve things. And when I feel so, I'm, I'm one of those people that once a situation is done, mm-hmm. it's done. I don't want to ever talk about it again. Like I, obviously I have to make sure that you're done with it too, because otherwise it's not resolved. Right. If I feel like it's done and you don't, it's not resolved. Mm-hmm. I can't treat it as if it's resolved. Even though I'm done with the scenario, I still have to deal with it because we are a team. Mm-hmm. So until you feel like it's resolved, doesn't matter if I feel like it is or not because we have to both feel that way. Right. So when something is resolved, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ever talk about it again. We, we've handled it. I know what I need to do better. Now, if I fail to do better or you fail to do better, we'll have that conversation. Mm-hmm not the conversation that's already been resolved. We're talking about what's happening now so that we can resolve this Mm -hmm. because this has already been done. And when you constantly rehash it from the past and bring it up and throw it in somebody's face, it's never resolved. You haven't moved past it. You haven't gotten over it. You haven't learned from it. You're still living in that. And if that happened 12 years ago, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where my brain went. That's why I was staring at you for a minute because I was like, holy shit, there's a whole lot there. Yeah. Um, I'm also still very much hung up on the the all in thing. If if she's going to give this man another chance, she needs to live this like it's going to be a thing. Yeah. And I agree that it'll never be the way that it was six years ago. Mm-hmm. Our relationship will not be the same in six years. No. 
we're going to grow. Mm-hmm. We're going to have different conversations. We're going to have different life experiences. We're going to view things from different viewpoints. Um, <sighs> this is so stupid. Jocko made a conversation where he was talking about uh, while he was deployed, he was doing um, training on an oil rig and everybody that was there was looking down their rifle sights. Mm-hmm. And when you're looking down your rifle sights, everything is a very narrow focus. He dropped his weapon, looked back and saw the full field of view and started giving orders to his superiors. He was a new guy on the team, had no business doing that, but he did it. And when he got to the top deck, his his superior officer was like congratulating him for making a good call because he opened his field of view. Mm-hmm. It's no different than the camera lens. If you're shooting at 100 millimeters versus 24, you're going to see a whole lot more at 24. <clears throat> so our field of view as we grow, mm-hmm. it may not be the same. Right. I may be hyper fixated on something for a few years while you're looking at the, the, the ultra wide lens of our life. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to be on the same page because I'm looking way down the road and you're like, oh, look at this flower three inches from my feet and I haven't looked down in six months. Yeah. Those those life lessons is about, okay, we're not on the same page anymore. He's hyper-focused on this. I'm enjoying this. We have to somehow come back together. Does that mean I need to make him look at his feet? Do I need to point out like, hey, look at this flower over here. Stop fixating on that building down the road. We're going to have to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have those conversations and I'm moving this way, and you're moving this way, then what? Six years from now, right. we're not even next to each other. Mm-hmm. So in the event that they try this, she's going to have to accept that. Yeah. Like, it, you really have to decide if you really want this anymore. If you say yes just to placate him, but you're going to continue to be a bitch about things, you're just wasting his time. <sighs> if you really want to make the marriage work, you have to accept that he's going to put in work and you're going to have to look past everything the last six years. Yep. If he brings you flowers that you're going to be excited about those flowers. You're going to say, these are the best damn flowers I've ever seen. Yeah. Instead of you should have done this six years right. ago. Right. Yeah. If he brings you a box of chocolates, you're going to be dramatic about eating those chocolates. <laughs> oh, these are so good. Cookie, right. cookie, cookie. Like play it up. <laughs> he's going to go out of his way to do things to try to make you feel good. You need to go out of your way to make him feel good about doing those things for you. Yep. I agree. I don't have anything more to say. I feel like I made some pretty good points. I feel like we, I feel like this is going to be one of those emails that uh, are going to trigger people. Oh yeah, definitely. And they're going to go, Oh shit. And then we're going to get emails. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for saying what you said because that triggered the shit out of me. Yeah. And I I have to have to point this out that not everything that we say in these emails are directed towards the people that are emailing us. We say the shit that we say to educate people because somebody else is going through this right Mm now. And one thing that you or I said is going to resonate with that person. They're going to go, oh, shit. Yep. And they're going to implement whatever it is mm-hmm. that they need to implement to make their life better, and then we're going to get that email. <clears throat> yep. I love it. Me too. I'm going to go get the kids and take them to a beach. Dope. I'm going to edit video. Okay. We'll see you guys on the next one. Bye, guys. <laughs>